This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church, and I said, i got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and uh, it must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in the camp city. And this show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here in Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 8 a.m. I look forward to doing the show with you each week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And we talk about your mind, how it affects what you do, how it impacts your performance on and off the athletic field. And this show is fueled by our calls, so I look forward to our conversations as we get into them throughout the hour today. You know, I've been in practice as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area now for 36 years. I've been doing this about as long as anybody in the country. I've been on the radio for 26 years and the last 16 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I look forward to being here for a long time doing this show with you and I want to encourage you if, you, if you're interested in what I talk about, the shows are all podcasted here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and they're also on my website. I know WHB site, you lose them after a while, but they're all on my site permanently. So if you go to winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com, and click on the podcast page, we've got shows on there going back to 2014. So you'll be able to hear a lot of the different topics that I've gotten into. And I know a lot of people comment that they do listen to a lot of these shows. You know, I, I focus a lot on youth sports on this show because I feel that's what we need to talk about because it is important because we have situations in youth sports that are not healthy. We have situations in youth sports where a lot of coaches and parents egos get in the way of the sports performance of these kids and it affects them in a negative way. In my private practice, where I work with individuals, my office down on the plaza, I work with people forever in these issues. And these topics come up all the time. They come up all the time because what I seem to find is a lot of parents are living their lives out through their kids. And what starts to happen is, not just in terms of their sports performance, but in terms of other things. And one of the topics that I seem to get all the time with kids that come in my office is the whole issue of self-confidence and the whole issue of dealing with self-confidence. And so many people that I see have these confidence problems. And a lot of it is related to and affected by the coaches and parents in terms of what they're said or what they're told and, and what they're said to do, what they've been told how to do. There are so many different ways to ruin a kid's confidence. Now, I want to get into that today, and I want to get some calls in here. I want to find out, you know, I've got high school kids who have confidence problems because of things that have been told to them by coaches, derogatory things been told to them, insults, and it happens all the time. I had a, a high school basketball player 
This has been about five years ago. And he played at a school here in town in the Olathe area, high school, high school player. And I know the head coach. The head coach is a good man. But the assistant coach on this team was verbally derogatory, verbally almost hostile with these kids. Then one day this young man comes to my office and says, Dr. Jacobs, because you're not going to believe what happened in practice this week. We're, we're doing this, this one drill, and this young man's a point guard. And, you know, I'm supposed to throw the ball to this one place. Well, the guy cut the wrong way. I threw the ball to where I was supposed to. The assistant coach took the ball up, and I turned around, and he threw it, and it hit me in the back of the head. I'm like, what? I said, he can't do that. He says, I know. Everybody saw it, but no one would say anything. And that's not the first time he's thrown a ball at me. I said, well, you need to tell the head coach that. He said, the head coach knows, but he won't do anything. I said, then you need to go to the athletic director. Said, Dr. Jacobs, if I do that, I'll be off the team. They'll kick me off the team. He said, but now I'm scared to play. I'm scared to screw up because this guy is always yelling and doing stuff like that. This is at a high, a high school team. And this young man, finally I got his parents to come in with him. And we talked about it, and they did go to the athletic director. But the season at this point was almost over, and they just wanted to finish the, the year. And this young man actually transferred out of that school to a school over on the Missouri side to, to play his senior year because he said this was an abusive situation. There's another basketball coach in town I know. I've never met him, but I've, I've seen about 10 kids who have played in his program. And these kids have come in complaining of verbal abuse, just getting screamed at, yelled at, cursed at, never touched, but he will be in their face screaming at him where spit's coming out of his mouth. Okay, now I know basketball coaches have different ways of motivating kids, but how far do you go to motivate a young person, and where does it become unhealthy? You know, we see this all the time in sports. Now, let's take Andy Reid and let's take Todd Haley. Two opposite ends of the spectrum with the Chiefs. Never met either one of these men. But I watch Andy, I, I watch Chiefs games. We've had season tickets since the, the first game the Chiefs ever played. And our seats are across behind the visitors' bench. So I get, to, I watch during the games, I, I observe the benches a lot. I watch how the interactions go on. And I notice you, you never see Andy Reid screaming and yelling. There was one time last year where he got, he got the most animated in a negative way when Travis Kelsey threw a flag at the referee and got taken out of the game, and he went over to him. But he wasn't going ballistic, but you could tell he was ticked off. Right, Rudy? You noticed that. Yeah, that's that's still one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Yeah, well, that that Andy Reid actually got got hyped up in a negative way. You know, but he's... And I've worked with several players on the team privately, and every single one of them told me they love him. They said he is a great man. He treats them respectfully they tell me i want doc i want to play for him i want to, i want to show him that i can do it because he's not somebody who's real negative and let's go back to when todd haley was here i had two players that i was seeing at the time privately and they both despised him they said doc first of all he knows nothing about football he thinks he knows everything but he doesn't know anything about motivating he, he can call plays but he knows nothing about motivating people He'd scream and yell and curse at us all the time, berate us in front of other players, talk to us, talk about us behind our back. Well, this type of behavior filters down. 
And confidence to me is one of these things. And I always like to ask this question. Do you have to be confident to be successful or do you have to be successful to be confident? So let's throw that question out there. Let's open up our phone lines. And I want to talk about confidence today. So I want to hear from you if you're a parent and you have a son or daughter whose confidence has been affected negatively or positively by a coach or teammate of theirs. What is it? How has their confidence been ruined? How do you define confidence? How do you measure it? How do you build it up? How do you destroy it? Our number is 913-3810-810. I know it's early, but let's get some phone calls in here. I'd like to start off, get some calls in here to talk about, because this is a topic that I know is a big one for a lot of people. I always like to ask that question, do you have to be confident to be successful or successful to be confident for this reason? There are four key words I discuss in my office with athletes all the time. Preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. Preparation is about how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, nutritionally, spiritually. What are the things you do to get prepared to compete in whatever it is you're competing in? Or it could be a sales job. It could be a, a musical performance. It could be taking a test. Whatever it is, how do you get prepared? That takes us to focus, which is what we concentrate on. What are the things you're focusing on and concentrating on to get you to where you want to go? And what are the distractions that come in the way? Then that takes us to attitude, which is how we feel about things. Are you positive, negative, or are you, I always like to say, do you have a positive, realistic attitude? And finally, that takes us to confidence, which to me is the ability to believe in yourself. So 913-3810-810 is the number. If you are a coach... How do you build up confidence in your athletes? If you have an athlete who has poor confidence, how can you help them get it back? If you are a parent and you have a coach who's coaching your child and they say a lot of derogatory negative things to your child, how do you help them get through that? If you're an athlete and you have a coach who berates you all the time, how do you move on from that? 913-3810-810 is the number. This topic is a big one because let me tell you, it affects everybody out there. And to me, Confidence is the foundation of all of these things. All right, 913 is the number I want to hear if you're a parent, if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. And we have a couple calls online right away, which is great. Let's uh, We'll always go ladies first, so let's talk to Michelle. Michelle, you're on the, on the air. How are you this morning? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling in. Enjoy your program. I take a drive every Sunday morning to get coffee and listen. Um, this subject's really important to me. I have a 14-year-old son and a... Um, seven-year-old son, and I think both of them have a, a tough time with confidence. Um, we moved here from the Pacific Northwest a while back, and I find this particular region to be particularly aggressive, um, and I find that my son's confidence has been shaken, and I'm trying to figure out how to best help them. Um, the, uh, one son in particular, the team he was on, the kids were very aggressive and particularly hard on him. How do you and, let's 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 define aggressive? First of all, what sport does he play, and how, and define how they were aggressive with him? Sure, basketball. And um, the way I would define it is um, just criticizing uh, criticism from the bench and not letting them carry the ball down the court. Um, you know, and this was wreck basketball. What age was this for him? This was between the age of um, second and seventh grade. 
Okay. So we came. We came when he was in second grade. This is my youngest. Okay, so this was going on rec basketball. Kids on the bench were being critical. Was the coach being critical as well? Um. Or the coaches. He wasn't stopping it. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, what did you do as a parent? Well, as a parent, um, well, this year, um, I removed him from that situation, you know, gracefully. Um, and I put him in a different um, – he loves basketball, so we wanted to continue that. Um, so I moved him to a completely different situation that I'm hopeful is going to be um, a good experience for him. Um, it's with an academy – and they do a lot of practice before they ever get on the team. Well, one of the things, Michelle, that I, I talk about in our book, Just Let Him Play, that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone and Matt Folks, we talk so much in the book about communication and the importance of a parent's role. And one of the things in these situations that you had here, first of all, there should be a preseason meeting with every team. And in that preseason meeting, this is a topic that should have been brought up about criticizing kids, how that's dealt with. When, as a parent, you should be able to talk to the coach about it, how to bring it up. Did you go to any of these coaches and bring it up? Um, you know, I didn't. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just wasn't prepared for this. Um, well, well, I understand that you're not prepared. But, but see, that's where you've got to take the responsibility. When, you, when your child's younger than 7th or 8th grade, I think it's up to the parents to take the role in there. And... That's where the coach needs to be made aware. You know, first of all, the coach may know it. He may not know it. You never know. He may think he's aware this is going on, but he may be oblivious to it, or she may True. be oblivious to it. So that's where, to me, yeah. you know, I think as a parent, you need to get involved and say something to the coaches about these things. So I think in this situation now, you've, you've, you've moved your son to an academy, and hopefully there's a communication channel open where you can communicate with the coaches if there are issues. Is, is yeah, there? so far so good. Yeah. yeah, well, don't. So my, my suggestion to you would be this. In the future, should these now your sons are older and they're teenagers, so they need to take the responsibility. But still, if there's a negative derogatory or a, an abusive situation going on, then that's where you have to step in. Thank that, you. That would be my suggestion. All right. Well, good luck. Listen, yep. if I could be of any help to you, get a hold of me off, off the air. I appreciate it. And good luck to Thanks you. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. All right, 913-3810, a 10 a number. Let's see what Sean has to say. Sean, good morning, sir. How are you? Sean, are you there? Yes. Hello. Yeah. How's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, just fine. I was the guy that called a couple of weeks ago. I'm the guy that's got the son that's six foot one and 12 years old. And the problem is parents yelling about, uh, you know, how many times has that kid failed, everything else, and it's hurting his esteem that way. Right. It's the parents, not the kids. Well, I did, like you said, I approached uh, the Athletic Association. Uh, remind remind they, everybody, they, remind everybody, Sean, about what was going on. You, you, excuse me? No, remind everybody about what was, what was specifically happening. Well, my, was, friend, my friend was playing in, uh, my son's playing in this league and, you know, with all his friends. It's just regular little league, and he's a lot bigger than the other kids. And the problem is the parents yelling at, you know, my son, how many times has he failed? Let's see that kid's birth certificate. That kid must have failed five times, you know. Just all kinds of things, just because he's bigger than the other kids. Uh, it Size runs in our family. He'll stop growing when he's probably 14, 15, and the other kids will catch up to him. But right now it's just the verbal abuse from the, parent, the opposing team's parents, and uh, it really bothers him. And I went and approached the athletic association, 
And basically they told me, ah, we get this every time there's a bigger kid. There's not much we can do about it. Uh, we can have the umpires warn the parents, but it's going to happen. And their thing was, uh, if it really bothers him, maybe I ought to put him in a select league where all the kids are a little bigger and advanced. That's a joke, Sean. What le- you know, that, that's a joke. That's ridiculous. These people need to take responsibility. If they're in charge of the league, it's their responsibility for these things to be dealt with. That's what they told me, and I thought it was a joke, too. So well, then you know what? I end up having to spend you know, a couple thousand, put him in a, in a, uh, a select league where they're going to play 60 games, and they, there's more pressure, and they travel all the time. But, jeez. Well, you know what? That's a league that the people that run that league should be brought to the, brought forward, and, and that's absurd. Okay, the whole reason youth sports leagues exist is to help kids learn skills, have fun, get better. If you have abusive, negative situations going on, the people in charge have to take responsibility. That's exactly why these problems exist, and I hold them accountable for that. I agree. All right. Well, you've done the right. You know what, Sean? Give me a call off the air at my office. I'd like to talk to you about this because there might be some things we can do about that. That's ridiculous. Okay? Okay. If that's what these people actually told you, they have no business running a sports league. That's what my wife thought. Well, that's the deal, and we're going to – I'll see what I can do to help you out on that. That's absurd. All right, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, good luck. Hope your son does does better on this other team, and he, he enjoys it. All right. I freeze up our lines at 913-3810-810. That's interesting. You know, I'm talking here about self-confidence. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every Sunday on Sports Radio 810 WHB. <clears throat> Excuse me. From 7-8. Today's topic is this whole issue of self-confidence. How it gets built up or how it gets destroyed. And there's that's a perfect example. This 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 man's son is six foot one. He's twelve. That never happened to me. When I, I think I was twelve, I was four foot five. Anyway, but fact of the matter is, his son's getting verbally berated by parents of other other kids because he's so tall. And the people in charge of the league won't do anything? You know what? Those people should be kicked off. They need I don't know what you can do about that if they're in charge of the league. I don't know how you deal with that. That's that but that needs to be brought to people's attention. And something needs to be done. So I'm going to see what I can do to help him out. All right, I want to find out from you. If you're a parent and your son or daughter's self-confidence has been damaged or hurt by a coach, I want to hear from you. At the same time, if their self-confidence has been built up by a coach, what did they say? How did they do it? Our number is 913-3810-810. If you are a coach and you have a player on your team, you know, a good coach is a good psychologist. A good coach, I would say a good coach is a sports psychologist. And a bad coach needs a sports psychologist. But if you if you are a coach and you're working with the young people you're coaching, trying to help them get better. And you've got one, two, or three kids, and you can tell their confidence isn't that good. Do you take the time to talk to them about it? Do you try to help them, give them some short-term positive goals to work on? Do you reinforce their behavior when they're doing better? Or if they're not one of the better players on the team, do you just sort of ignore them? You know, that's what happens to a lot of kids. They, I find that they feel they are not important enough to the coaches. And, you know, let's face it, a lot of kids are not going to go up to a coach and say, Coach, I don't have any confidence. I've worked with athletes at all levels of competition, from youth to the Olympic and professional levels. And I cannot tell you how many professional athletes are literally taken into the coaches' offices, the manager's offices, and had them talk to the coach or manager. When I was with, with a lot of the pro teams, 
I mean, I've taken Major League Baseball players, professional soccer players, into coaches' offices to talk about confidence. One pro soccer player, very, very prominent guy, said, Doc, if I go talk to a coach about my confidence, he's going to think I'm weak. I said, no, he's not. He's going to figure out that he needs to help you get better. Confidence is something you can't quantify. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. But if you don't work on that, I don't care how skillful you are, you're not going to play well. So he and I went into the coach's office, and he, he, this guy trusted my judgment, and the coach did too. So we came up, and I said, listen, so-and-so here, he wants to talk about something, coach. Here's what's going on. And I said, I'm going to leave you two at it. So I left the room. They, they talked for over two hours. After that, both of them came up and thanked me and said, listen, that was one of the best things. The coach said, that's one of the best conversations I've ever had with anybody because I got to understand it. And I've been waiting for him to come in here, but obviously he was scared to come in here. But now he knows he can talk to me. I'm not going not gonna to hold it a, a, against him because his confidence sometimes goes up and down. He goes, when I played, I had the same issues. All right, 913-3810-810 is our number. 913-3810-810. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you build confidence in the kids you coach? And what do you do when you have a young man or woman, boy or girl, and you can tell their confidence is not very strong? How do you help them develop that, build it up, and get it to be better? At the same time, have you found yourself, I'd like to hear from a coach who will be honest enough to call up and say, you know what, I've hurt kids, I've hurt some kids' confidence on my team because I was too negative. I was too condescending. I was rude. I was insulting. Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here in Sports Radio 810 WHB. As you know, I'm here from 7 to 8 every Sunday morning, and I've been here for the last 16 years, been on the radio in Kansas City now for 26 years, and we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And today's topic is the whole issue of self-confidence in kids, self-confidence in athletes. And we've had uh, a couple of really good calls so far, and I want to get some more calls in here. Our number is 913-3810-810. And I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to get a call from a coach. And I'd like to find out, if you're a coach, how you coach confidence. How do you build confidence up in the kids you coach? And if you have done that and have been successful at it, I'd like to find out how you've done it and why you think you've been successful. I'd like to hear from you if you coach. And you've had some kids that you've worked with, and looking back on it, you didn't do a good job of, of coaching their self-confidence. You actually hurt it. If you're brave enough to call up and share that story with us, I'd like to find out. And how did you rectify that situation? Once again, our number is 913-3810-810. We have a wide-open phone board now. I'd like to hear from you. If you're an athlete, you've played sports, you're playing sports now. I don't care what age you're at. And your confidence has been an issue for you, positively and or negatively. How did you build it up? and Or how was it ruined? I'd like to hear from you on that. And obviously, if you're a parent, I want to hear from you also. Just like Michelle, who called up earlier about her two sons, self-confidence being affected by the teammates, the kids berating them. You know, 
confidence is one of these topics, and there's so many ways we can look at it. It's the belief in yourself, belief in your abilities. But there are a lot of ways to, to ruin a kid's confidence. One is make sure that their sports experience is fun. They're having fun playing. They're enjoying the experience. It's not about the winning and losing. It's about the, the, the experience of what they're learning. Second, don't put too much pressure on them. You know, competing in athletics is enough pressure for any child. But don't make them feel like they they have to win and they've got to become the very best. Let them enjoy the experience. If you're a parent or a coach, don't yell at every mistake. They're going to fail. Failure is part of sports. So let them learn from mistakes. Teach As a coach, you're a teacher. You're a guide. You're a mentor. You're a psychologist. Don't berate them if they screw up. See if they understand why they made a mistake and help them over come that to do better the next time you know and and just like the one one call we had sean about his son is six foot one don't embarrass him okay yelling criticism from the stands at kids or coaches or officials is stupid okay why are you going to criticize an eight-year-old out there on the field why are you going to yell at the umpire you look like the buffoon not the person who's calling the game you know, and, and learn about the sport. Learn about what it's about. I mean, these are all things you can do. All right, 913-3810-810. Let's see what Ben has to say. Ben, good morning, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, I, I really thanks for the program. I appreciate you taking my call. You're welcome. Um, so I coach a few things, um, soccer, cross-country, track. But I was going to talk more specifically about soccer and kind of the confidence building and what I've done and what I've done wrong. Um, I think when I first started coaching on the competitive side, and I coach young uh, nine to ten year old girls. Um, I was worried, or trying, I guess I would say, to teach them everything at once, like every foot skill known to man. Trying to teach them every way to, you know, position, basically overwhelming them with the number of skills and technical drills that we're trying to teach them. And then I actually, I kind of thought about something that I had heard from Dan Gable, really great wrestler and coach from back in the day. And I was at his camp when I was a kid, and he was talking about. Uh, what he did and the moves that he knew. And someone asked him, how many moves do you know? He said, I don't know, probably a couple hundred. And then someone said, how many did you use at the World Championships? And he said, about five. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, that makes sense. If you're so good at two or three or four moves that no one can stop them, the level of confidence that you're going to have in yourself in those moves is going to be tremendous. So what we switched to was now, at that age, we focused on teaching them two or three key foot skills, getting them really, really confident in those moves so that when they come in the game time, they no longer have to think about, okay, what am I going to try to do to get around this person? It just becomes more natural because they're so confident in those one or two skills that they can go forward with that. When we were trying to teach them everything, you know, it was like throwing them in the deep end. How did, how did you figure out you were overloading them? Because they weren't getting any better. They were they – were, uh, they. These are kids that were identified as more skilled already, which is a little ridiculous anyway at 10, year old, 10 years how, old. How, how does somebody define a 10-year-old as more skilled? With more skills? Uh, 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 if you wanted to quantify it, I would say from a, a like an, an actual split skill kind of in a soccer perspective, how many times can you juggle the ball at 10 okay. without it hitting the ground? And that's a, literally that's a data quantifiable skill that you could say. A kid right. that could do that 10 or 15 times is pretty skilled at that age versus a kid that can do it once or twice. So there's little things like that that you can identify. Um, but from a behavioral side, oh, you could take a kid that can juggle 20 times that might have no reason to be on a field with competitive kids, but you typically don't know that 
until you get the kid. And then, of course, it's you know trying to have that conversation with the parents and everybody to say, hey, they might want to take this kid back. Were the kids you know? telling you, Ben, that they weren't – were you getting the impression from them they were not having fun? Oh, absolutely. 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 And when, you you're could, over, when you're so, overwhelming them with – and I mean – if they're not, I mean, they're 10. If they're not smiling when they're playing and practicing or whatever, then you're doing something wrong. I mean, I know it's, you're still, even at 10, you're trying to make sure that they learn discipline and those types of things. But, I mean, come on now. It's, they're 10. Like, they should be smiling, laughing. If they're not, I would say you're doing something wrong, personally. But that's just kind of mine. And did any of these kids continue on afterwards, or did they all end up quitting? Do you know? Oh, most of the kids still play. Now, it's interesting, uh, of my own kids, I have uh, my 11-year-old daughter and 9-year-old daughter. My 11-year-old played competitive and thankfully didn't – She did, well, she didn't like it. That wasn't thankfully. She didn't like it, but she was able to go back and play rack, which is – I was more I was more proud of her that she still wanted to play and was willing to go back and still play recreational, but that there was something available for her, for her to play. You know, there's not a lot of – 11 to 14 year old recreational girls leagues left so if you go competitive and then you don't want to go and you want to go back that's hard to do as well well you know you're bringing up an interesting point and that is that your daughter went back from competitive to rec and there's nothing wrong with that a lot of people see that as oh my child's not good enough they're failing it's not about that. It's about enjoying the experience. I mean, Absolutely. how many of these, I mean, is, does your daughter have aspirations of oh. playing for FC Casey? Oh, no. She wants to, she, if she can play in high school, she would She would love it. She would yeah. have So fun. she just wants to play and enjoy the experience. Yep. And that's Absolutely. in the end what this should be about. And the problem is, as I said earlier, you know, I don't know if you heard uh, Sean who called up about his son, a baseball player in the league he's in. He's made some complaints to the league administrators about parents and they, they're not going to do anything about it about how they're being derogatory it's not they don't want to take responsibility for it you know i See, just that, yeah I, I just it's it's I, I work with the northland sports alliance up in parkville and you know we, we it's the, it, it you see it at all at all levels you know whether it's you know from a competitive side or down to the recreational side that uh, I, I i don't know I, it's, I don't know how you solve some of the issues with the parents because I see it more from the parenting side. Sure. Well, the way, the way, in my opinion, the way these things get resolved, you can't solve it, but you can resolve it by this. Sure. There's a preseason meeting, and I don't know if you had one, with the parents and the athletes, and you sit down in that preseason meeting, and you go over your guidelines for the season, and you talk about all these. You don't just talk about you know, practice schedules and game times and all that. You talk about how to deal with behaviors. Sportsmanship is not talked about enough. It's, sure. it's it's talked about more now than it was 10 years ago, but it needs to be discussed more. It needs to become a priority, especially with youth sports teams. And the pro- way you make it a priority is talk about this and that the behaviors of parents and athletes and coaches are all important. So I always tell everyone, Ben, I tell every coach before every game, bring a bag of Tootsie Pops and hand them out to the parents <laughs> and just say, suck on this. And I, I promise you, if you do that, they will get the message. And then, you know, if you have a parent who's out of control at a game, who's yelling too much or being too critical, don't say anything that day unless they're, they're out of control and then you have to say something. But basically what I would do is say, give them a call the next day say, listen, we need to talk. There are some things that I noticed that were going on in the game yesterday. I need to make you aware of it. You know, most of the time parents do this and aren't aware how they're acting. True. And so 
the worst time to tell them is right after the game because they're, everybody's emotions are up. So I'd wait till the next day, and I'd give them a call. But this is something you talk about the preseason meeting. And you say, look, we're going to talk about behaviors in the stands. We're going to talk about how to deal with this. And and last week I interviewed we on my uh, – I have a podcast show that's, that's on my website and in addition to, to, to the show here. And I interviewed a guy named Andre Morgan who is an official uh, – has worked as an official in basketball and football for years. And we got into this whole topic of dealing with parents in the stands. And he goes, you've got to deal with – you have to have the coach take care of the parent. You know, and he goes, I've, I've stopped the game before. I've stopped the game and gone up to coaches and go, look, you need to get that parent under control or we're going to have to have them thrown out. So I think yep. it's about communication, Ben. Yep. Well, hey, I appreciate that. I'm going to go for a little run myself. All right. Well, listen, sir, thank you for sharing your story this morning. You have a great day and continue right. good luck coaching. Thanks. All right. Take care. Thank you. 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As you know, I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8. We're talking about self-confidence in kids. How do you destroy it? How do you build it up? If you're a coach, I want to hear from you. If you're a parent, I want to hear from you. If you're an athlete. You know, to me, here's the deal. Youth sports, which, which as you know, I talk about all the time on this show, is I think has become a problem because it's become such a huge business. You've got the Little League World Series going on right now. It's all over TV. It's all over the Internet. You know, how are those kids going to handle with the successes and failure they have playing on national TV at 12? We put pressures on kids today, and, and let's face it, there are, there's a lot of money being made in youth sports, which is great. But how does that affect kids in a negative or derogatory way? I think it does a lot of harm because we're getting youth sports leagues at younger and younger ages starting, and kids are getting burned out by eight. I know kids who come in my office at 8, they're burned out from playing. They've been playing for four years. They don't want to do it anymore. At 8, you should just be having fun, not be burned out. All right, 913 is the number. Let's see what Chris has to say. Chris, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, first I wanted to mention on, on confidence-wise a couple things I used to do. I coached football, baseball, basketball. And – in football, what I tried to do with the boys is, no matter what, always talk about how smart they were. You know, I mean, even if they weren't, you know, even if you noticed a kid struggle or whatever, but <clears throat> talk about as a team concept when you're learning plays, learning schemes about how smart the team is. You know, and I always thought that always made kids feel good. Because in the bottom line, if they feel like they're smart, you know, I, I think that's positive. In baseball, what I do is when I soft toss with the boys, you know, on the bucket, I kind of call it bucket time, and I just always talk to them individually, so I made time to do that. So that's where I could always build it up. And then another thing in baseball that I thought always worked is if you've got a kid struggling, because that's such an individual sport, unlike football, you know, you got a helmet on, you're out on the field, it's tough sometimes to tell, but in baseball you're right there is I'd always, at the end of the game, like with kids or even around parents, just point out something with a kid that had been struggling, you know, whether he backed up a base, stopped a run from scoring. Even if it didn't matter a ton, I'd try to emphasize that. Just do little things like that. I think that helps kids. But, you know, what? one of the things I did want to mention to you, though, that I think is really important that shouldn't escape here is probably the worst thing with youth sports, and that's officials. And I know that, you know, as a coach, I've done this, I've coached for over 50 seasons in various sports, and the worst part of youth sports by 
far is official. That's a, that's that very interesting, Chris, because I've never heard anyone say that. What I I, I want to hear why you think that way very much. So here in a second, I what I hear from everyone, it's the parents. I've never heard anybody say it's the officials. Well, go, go ahead, tell us why. Well, I tell you, I've been again. I've had great parents, great teams uh, as far as kids, and I've also. You know, when we play other teams, you'll catch a, a you know a parent that's a little out of control. You know, but but by far the problem that, that coaches have or the or officials with attitudes is if you know you know they're God. They're you know I've had official umpires when I walk to home plate say, just letting you know this is my field, this is my game. You know, and there's a, a, a high school coach in town that used to coach baseball and we we got to home plate and the ump said that and he and i both were already into the umpire about look buddy this is not about you and so many times you get officials that all they do is they got their radar up they're listening for any poor comment anything i mean i've had coaches my kid goes to the dugout and flips his bat and the bat bangs and he comes over and starts berating my player because of something that goes on in my dugout and see what what i think everybody misses is when they say you know, parents, parents, or spectate, coaches, coach, officials, official. But officials, what they want to do is they want to do my job too, and they want to they want to legislate what I do on the bench or in the dugout or on the sideline. I All right, so let me so let me ask you, Chris. I, I I get what you're saying, and I and I can see that. So, how do you resolve that? I mean, how how do I resolve it? How does the coach? issue? Well, in well, let's talk about you specifically, and then in general, because I've got some suggestions. Okay. But, in, in general, what I have found is that there is a culture among officials that officials can do no wrong. That simply because they decide to get paid 15 bucks an hour and put on a, a, an umpire's jersey or an official's shirt and get paid you know, 35 bucks a game, that somehow they're pristine and they're above reproach. The problem is, is that the folks that, that, that manage the officials are many times officials, too. Now, look, there's a ton of good ones. I grant you that. Um, and that's, that's, I don't want that to escape. What I'm talking about is there is a chunk of officials that are horrible. And it's not just horrible in skill, it's horrible in attitude. And that's really more what I'm talking about. You know, you're going to catch the bad official who can't figure things out or, or, or for example, decides that they want to call a strike zone the way they want to call it, not by the rule book, Right. It's a rule question, not judgment. They say, well, we want, you know, I want to expand, make them swing. Well, that's not their job. And the problem is is that the, the umpiring supervisors and the official supervisors, they won't do anything about it. And, that, you know, that, that I will tell you creates more conflict for me as a coach. Well, then, then, I think, then I think what you've got to do is this, and I, I hear what you're saying. My suggestion would be, you know, at the beginning of the season – and, and do you have, do you have a preseason meeting with your your parents and kids when you coach? Well, I'm 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 in the former coach category. I kind of stopped doing that because I had parents and groups of kids that I knew, you know. But well, you know, did did you have a preseason meeting? Uh, time to time. Yeah. See, see, my my feeling is you have a preseason meeting as I've shared before on this show many times, as a coach, and you talk about your your rules, your guidelines, your expectations. Uh, you talk about all the different scenarios that can come up about parents' behavior, coaches' behavior. But then one of the things, you also have a preseason meeting as coaches with the league. And so to me, in those meetings, that's where you bring this issue up and you talk about it. 
And well, because the umpire, not, the officials, I, I, the officials all have meetings too. And this is see, here's the thing, and we talk about this in our book. Just let them play. It's all about communication, Chris. I hear what you're saying. And look, I've, I've been on boards. Listen, I'm sorry, but I've been on the football boards and I've been on baseball boards, and it is dead silence. And I know that, that we always are looking for solutions and want to communicate. What I'm telling you is, it's almost a problem that is unsolvable. It's not unsolvable, Chris. If you if right. you talk, I mean, that's where I I mean. I, I, I've worked official. with people on this stuff before, and you have to talk about it. You, people are scared to bring things up. People don't want to confront issues. They want to ignore it. And then when the issue comes out, then it becomes a big problem. So the problem here is that people are, are scared or don't have the, have the guts to bring it up. Say, look, we've got a problem here, and it's the egos. You, I mean, as a coach, if, if I was in your shoes, I'd, I'd say, look, we've got a problem. There are a lot of officials who officiate whose egos get bigger than the game. And in our book, I talk about a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach needs a sports psychologist, and good coaches check their egos at the door. Well, good officials do, too. Right. And so it's a, it's a matter of communicating. And so that's where, to me, what has to be done, if you're, you're still going to coach again, I would bring this thing up in, in, the, in the preseason meetings that you have with the other coaches. I'd bring it up with the officials, and I'd, I'd get this talked about. Well, you know, it's the only way it's going to get solved. I've been on boards before, and the, and the reality is that when that stuff comes up, whenever there's an issue, the first person that they look at is the coach. What did the coach do wrong? You know, what, what, what happened here? You know, they don't – the whole – the problem, too, is is that at the youth level, it's something that I completely recognize. Is getting, getting officials to even do stuff, you know, be, and have officials is a challenge. You know, so you're not like getting – many times high-quality officials. You're getting folks that need to work, and they're working a second job, and they probably don't even want to be there on a Sunday afternoon. Well, you know, So, I mean, it is a problem that I think is very difficult to solve and is, is one of the biggest challenges, but it's really the challenge for the coach. It's a challenge for me to keep my cool, me to talk in the right manner, me when things go the wrong way, not to blow up and not to make a big issue of it. Um, that's the challenge, and that's, as coaches, what we have to do. Well, I'd like you to look up this guy. I interviewed him last week. His name's Andre Morgan. Okay, okay. If, you want, if you want to find some solutions, this man I talked to last week, I interviewed him on my, on my uh, podcast show. All right, this man gets it, and his name's Andre Morgan. He's up in the Chicago area, and I'm going to give you, let's see, I'm going to find his phone number for you. And he will give you some answers on this because he he gets it. He understands that. He's worked with this. He gave his phone number out, wants people to call him. In fact, I'll tell you what I want you to do, Chris. Call me off the air. Call this, Call the number here just as we're done, okay? And I'll, I'm going to have his phone number for you, and I'm going to get it to you. And I want okay, you to give him good. a call because he will give you some ideas to solve this, okay? Okay, appreciate right, that. Thanks for your call, sir. Thanks. Bye. All right, take care. All right, let's go next to Shelly. Shelly, good morning. How are you? Very good. Thank you for your for what you do. Well, thank you. I um, appreciate that. Interesting timing on this gentleman's question. Um, last week, my husband and I were at a parent meeting, high school soccer parent meeting, and one of the subjects that the coach brought up was the officiating. And he said, hey, "I got to tell you guys, um, you're not going to like the officiating. It's really bad." And those were his words. Um, but let me tell you why. My, my opinion as to why it's really bad. Officiate, uh, refs don't want to do this anymore. 
And so we're not getting good quality rest. The reason they don't want to do it anymore is you can't pay them enough to put up with the abuse that they get from the parents and sometimes the coaches. And I just found that really interesting timing with this other gentleman's question. Um, he, he was simply making an observation and a comment to the parents. And then it led into, um, you know, conversation about parent behavior. Well, um, and what he expects from us as parents. You know, I, 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 this is why everybody needs to read our book. I mean, we talk about this in our book. I mean, Pete Malone, Jeff Montgomery, Matt Folks, and I wrote about this in our book. And these things can be solved if people communicate, if people talk, and if the people involved can recognize where their ego plays a role in all this. The problem we have with youth sports and high school sports today, the problems that exist in those realms are about the adults' egos. And I don't care if it's the coach, if the official, if it's the parent. All right, Everybody's got an ego. But it's where do you put it? I've, I, and my sons are now 27 and 26, Shelly. They played all kinds of things growing up. My younger son ended up being a swimmer, swam until his senior year in college. My older son played basketball and soccer and baseball in, through high school. He still, he still plays basketball all the time for fun in a rec league. And I, I've seen all this stuff myself. But it comes back to the communication. And that's where, that's where in the, in the pre, there, there needs to be a, a venue for people to, to, to deal with this stuff. And that's where people have to – it's not about the adults. If the adults right. – okay, there are a lot of wonderful officials out there. I've had them on my show, and this gentleman I interviewed last week on my podcast show, Andre Morgan from Chicago, I mean, he's, he's reffed at all levels. And he gets – he understands. Yeah, it, but, you know, the problem is everybody's ego gets involved. The parents get mad at the ref or the, the umpire, the official – and they've got to they've got to stand under control, but you know they're human too. And after you get cursed at a number of times, at some point you've had enough. Then you've got you know the coaches who start berating the officials, or the officials berate the coach. It goes all the way across the board. It's about right. respect, Shelley. You know, yeah, and we've got a we've absolutely. got a big problem in our society today with respect, all the way to the top of the government. I mean we, that's been going on all over the place. It's talked about everywhere. I'm not going to talk about that here, but respect absolutely. is a big issue in our society. And it filters down the sports. And if people well, respected right. each other, we wouldn't have this problem. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. My, my husband had an interesting um, thought. My son is um, a ref, uh, a young one, and um, uh, he's going to be field marshal because he's actually had a hard time with, with the refing. Um, so he's applying for field marshal, and my husband um, – had an idea. He said, you know, um, one idea would be to have ambassadors, if you will, uh, in field marshals that, you know, in street clothes that basically just walk the sidelines at these club sports games at the soccer complex, et cetera, and just tap parents on the shoulder that are getting out of hand. Well, a lot and, of leagues do have that, Shelley. A lot of leagues do oh, have they that. Do. But here's, here's the real thing. If you, if you have a problem with an official, and you're a parent, then you know what the you know what the solution is? Be an official yeah. yourself one season. Become an official umpire referee. Do it yourself and see what it's like. Because it yeah, opens up it, it you understand it more. And yeah. and I know when I worked with my son with the Kansas City Blazers swim team, I was their team psychologist for twenty seven years, working with Pete Malone. 
But one of the roles all the parents had to play, parents had to have a number of volunteer hours. And you had to, you had to become a timer. You had to do all these different things. And so you got to understand a lot more what it was about, which was, which was why the Kansas City Blazers, when Pete Malone was the head coach, was the premier swim team in the co- club swim team in the country. Because parents were part of everything, and you learned what was going on. So I think if you're a coach, it would behoove you to be an official one year in whatever sport or referee and umpire. Do it one year and see what it's like. It'll make a big difference. Shelly, thank you so much for your call this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, take care. It's been a great show today. I, I think we've talked about a lot of interesting things, and I've got Andre Morgan's phone number. If you want to call him, he is more than welcome to listen to you and talk to you. And, and uh, Chris, here's his number, 708-446-7202. Give him a call. He's officiated for years and years, over almost 30 years, and he gets it, and he understands the difference between parents and coaches and, and officials and all the problems that go on. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. I hope you enjoy this show because the show is done for you. And I enjoy coming in here each week and talking with you as we have today because this stuff is this stuff doesn't get talked about during the week very much. It might get talked about here or there. But I try to get into this on Sundays and help you out. My show is podcast here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Go to the podcast page. Go to additional programming and you'll find it there. You also find it on my website, winnersunlimited.com. There's all kinds of interesting stuff on my website, so go there and check it out. You can uh, listen to the show on the podcast page. It'll be up later today. Follow me on Twitter at at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. The shows are also podcasted there. And you can get a hold of me at my office, 816-561-561. Five 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 six. I am taking on new clients. I give talks on these topics all the time. So if you want me to come talk to your team, to your league, get a hold of me. You can email me at drj at winnersunlimited.com. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm here every Sunday here on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB.